Hello and welcome to another episode of Listen Up. I am Mr. I. Please subscribe to the podcast so you can see new podcast episodes as soon as they are available. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that you find podcasts. Now, I want to try something different today. When I was an undergraduate, I studied history. My grandfather was a history professor a long time ago. I grew up learning all about the stories of the past. I love history, and I'd like to share some of the stories with you here in this podcast. And maybe if these episodes are popular enough, I'll make some more of these history stories. But I will try to make them history stories that you probably don't know. Maybe even some about Japan that you don't know. And I will tell you, most of them probably won't be happy stories. Um, sorry about that. I A lot of the stories I'm interested in history are not happy stories in history. Um, I'll try to find some that are, but all of the stories will be interesting stories from history. And just to note, this first one that I'm trying here, it's kind of a long story, so it will have to be several episodes, I, I think three episodes, actually. So we'll get the start of the story today, and then I'll get the other ones made, and you can listen to the whole thing. Um, also, a warning, this episode is, um, it talks about bear attacks and people who died from bear attacks. So if you are not interested in hearing that, um, maybe don't try this episode, maybe skip, find something else, okay? All right, so let's start. And our story, it is something that is connected to things that are happening now here in autumn of 2023. This year, in particular, there have been a lot more bear sightings and bear attacks here in Japan, um, especially in Tohoku. Um, Akita Iwate have had a lot. Um, actually, I was looking at a list of bear sightings just the other day, and earlier this week there was a bear sighted just a few hundred meters from my house. So there are lots of bears around right now. And uh, yeah, I want to tell you a story about bears, and it happened in Sankebets in early December 1915, so more than 100 years ago. Sankebets was a very, very small village in a very remote area of northern Hokkaido. It was really in the middle of the woods, about 11 kilometers from the coast, from the sea. Today, there is basically nothing there. But even back in 1915, when people lived there, there wasn't a lot. There were a handful of thatch houses, right? So thatch means the walls, the roofs were made from long, dry grass. Right? The kind of grass that's actually used for the roofs in um, 
Shirakawa Go uh, in uh, Gifu. But in this case, the entire house was made of this grass. And remember that in 1915, the Japanese government was sending a lot of new people to Hokkaido to explore and develop different parts of Hokkaido at this time. So this kind of house, it was easy, it was quick to make this kind of house, so a lot of people lived in these houses. Now the people of this village were clearing the land and they were trying to establish fields to grow crop, to grow rice, to grow wheat, to grow different things to survive. And I'm sure there was also some logging, cutting down trees for wood. And unfortunately, the deep woods of Hokkaido were, and still are, home to the Ezo brown bear, which is Higuma in Japanese, and the people in Sankebets had settled in a territory of one very large, very angry bear who was nicknamed Kesagake. In mid-November 1915, this large bear approached one of these grass houses and scared the family horse. The bear ran away, and it only took some corn, but he showed up again a few days later. And so the people of the village, they asked that some of the men in the town, in the village, that they would stay closer to the houses, not go out into the fields, not go out into the woods. They, would, they wanted them to stay closer with their hunting rifles, with their guns, to protect the women and the children from this bear, right? It's important to remember that during the days... The men of the village, they would go out into the fields, out into the forests to work. And the women, the young children, would be back at the houses. And so after seeing this very large bear twice in just a few days, the men with the guns, they, some of them stayed around the houses waiting to see if the bear would come back. And the bear did come back on November 30th. The men fired their guns at the bear, and apparently one of them, one of the shots, hit the bear, and the bear ran away into the woods, bleeding. The men tried to follow the trail, see where the bear was going, but there was a snowstorm, and they couldn't follow. So, they returned to the village, and they hoped that, you know, getting shot would make the bear afraid of humans. But the bear was definitely not scared. Kesagake, this giant bear, 340 kilograms. He returned on December 9th at around 10.30 in the morning. And he burst into one of the houses where a woman named Mayu and a small boy named Mikio were. And... Kesagake attacked them. He bit the small boy, he bit Mikio on the head, and unfortunately Mikio died. Then the bear attacked Mayu, 
and he dragged her off into the woods. And Mayu and Mikio were the first two people killed by Keisagake. Now, because the houses around here, they're not very close together. It's a village, but people don't live. Their houses aren't, you can't just reach over, you know, walk over to the neighbor's house in, in less than a minute. It takes a few minutes to get between places. And so the houses are far apart, and the men were out in the fields, they were out in the woods working. No one found the scene of the attack until three o'clock in the afternoon. And by then it was too late to track the bear. It would be fully nighttime dark in only about an hour. So that was not enough time um, to get to get ready to go out and track a bear because remember, this is Hokkaido, very far in the woods, more than 100 years ago. There are no streetlights. There is no electricity. After the sun goes down, it gets very dark. And so they waited till the next morning. And the next morning, a group of about 30 men with their hunting rifles, with their guns, they set out to find this bear and their plan was to kill him. They were also searching for Mayu's body so they could have a proper funeral for her. And they spotted Keisagake, this giant bear, only about 150 meters away. Several of the men fired their guns, and one of the bullets hit Keisagake, but just like the day before, because a few days, like the week before, I should say, he was hit, but he wasn't killed. And so he ran off into the woods again, deeper and deeper, where the men couldn't track him. And near where they had seen the bear, the men found parts of Mayu's body. Not her whole body, just parts. The men realized that Keisagake had, in fact, eaten Mayu. When this worried them a lot because they thought that maybe Keisagake now thought of people just like other animals, something that he could eat to fill his stomach before hibernation. Um, hibernation is a uh, tomin. Uh, so before he went to sleep in the winter. And between this discovery that he had been eating Mayu and the fact that he had visited this village, three, four, a bunch of times in only a few weeks, they were very worried that he would be back. And they were right to be worried. But we will have to continue this episode, this story, I should say, in the next episode. So please make sure you listen to part two. If you have any requests or ideas for podcasts, you, of course, can find a request form over on the website, which is bit.ly slash l-u-w-m-i. And over there, you can find links to all the episodes. You can find listening guides, listening quizzes to help you understand. And uh, yeah, that is all for today. I'm Mr. I, and I'll see you next time for part two.
two of this story.